Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning and welcome to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial, Sunday 20th of October 2019. You're listening to Out of the Blue and we are uh, coming to you from our studios in Smith Street, Fitzroy. You can have a listen to our uh, broadcast, 855 on the AM dial, on our uh, website, uh, 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. From where you can stream our broadcast, and you'll also find a number of previously aired episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Out of the Blue Radio. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders past and present and to future generations. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook. And today's weather, uh, we're gunning for a top of 17 degrees with winds coming from the west-southwest at uh, 15 to 25 kilometres an hour. So as always, please take care if you're getting into our beautiful bay or waterways in the state of Victoria. Interesting, uh, this time of the year we do tend to get some weather that can be a little bit volatile, if anything, and I remember the other morning we got nice uh, fine sunny conditions 23 
degrees and I thought straight away, yeah, it's going to be a nice calm day uh, weather-wise. But then uh, had a look at the newspaper and noticed, yeah, they've uh, forecast 35 to uh, 45 kilometre an hour winds whipping in from the south. So it does go to show how quickly things can change, what uh, what ends up looking um, reasonably, you know, what starts off looking reasonably uh, calm and collected can suddenly get uh, ugly in a, in a pretty short space of time. So it's uh, something to uh, to be on the lookout for. Anyway, today I'm joined in the studio once again by Tim Kermy of Native Fish Australia. Tim, welcome back, mate. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoy coming. So That's the way. Yeah. Uh, terrific. Really, what we're doing today is part two of an interview that uh, Tim did only a few weeks ago. Uh, as usual... Uh, for those of you that haven't um, sort of had much experience with live radio, uh, one of the one of the inherent fears that everyone has is you come onto the show and you think you may not have enough ammunition to get you hmm. through the full uh, the full half hour show or whatever it is the time. Oh, I had enough for about four shows, oh, I think. You certainly did, mate. We had about so, enough for about four hours, I'd say. Yeah. So probably about eight shows, more likely. But um, yeah, there was lots of lots of good stuff to talk about. So we'll uh, rip into the rest of that today because there's quite a bit happening in the world of native fish. Absolutely, more and more every day. Fantastic stuff. All right, um, stay tuned on Out of the Blue, and uh, we'll be back after this brief announcement. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others were... The recognition of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. So Tim, uh, what's news, mate, in the world of native fish at the moment? Well, there's a few new... Last time I think I talked about some endangered fish, particularly trout, cod and efforts to try and get them as an angling species. That's still happening. I actually had a meeting with the minister's advisor a couple of weeks ago and they've sort of suggested they'll look into it and try and find a way forward. So that's hopefully within maybe a year that'll actually do the full circle and we'll have sustainable fisheries again. Yep. Um, so just for the benefit of our listeners, just to back up the yeah. truck a little bit, Tim, from what you were talking about last time, trout cod are one of these species. They're, they're, they're very uh, quite similar to Murray cod. Yep, they're a little bit smaller, grow a little bit quicker. Well, once really common in the sort of inland or upland rivers in the Murray-Darling system, particularly the lower Murray-Darling system or southern parts, things like the Ovens River, the Campaspe, the Loddon, the King River, those sort of rivers were full of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, due to gold mining and over-extraction by us, um, in some areas, particularly the Ovens, there was a lot of tobacco growing, which tend to poison the river with all the sprays they used for tobacco. Basically, trout cod disappeared until one small stream in northeast Victoria, which was Sevens Creek, which runs through Euroa. Uh-huh. Um, since then, or in the 80s, they were described as a separate species. took a long time to recognise that. Then there's been a lot of efforts to put them back into the environment. Now we have self-sustaining populations in a lot of areas. Fantastic. The Middle Goulburn, the ovens is chock-a-block full of them. Um, the King River's got some in it. The Kiwa River is now developing a population as well, just from fish that have been stocked into the Murray, for instance. Right. So a good species, yeah. then, a good a good example of what you can do with a bit of uh, positive sort of restoration work. And a bit of work. A lot of really good cooperation between groups like ours, Native Fish Australia. The local land care groups are involved in revegetation, a revegetating 
making the rivers healthier by doing that. Fisheries, conservation arms of fisheries as well, all got together and got this plan, and it worked. Unreal. Now we need to go to the end of the plan, and because a lot of money was spent, angler money from our licences was spent to recover the species, we now need to have a plan to sustainably used not used to fish that's the wrong word but sustainably angle for the fish yeah right that's a full circle back by allowing that it allows the the fish to be valued by anglers yeah and right and that's the whole story back yeah we don't want to have um unregulated slaughter of these fish again that'd be the worst thing ever yep but some sort of regulated small window of fishing to allow that to happen is what we're sort of striving for and hopefully that'll happen soon right right okay yep. yeah it's a long window it's yeah, taken yeah. a long 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 time and hopefully we'll get there soon very good yeah, yeah. very good a couple of other things um we're just about to start our hatchery we have a hatchery at bundura la trobe university bundura in an old tuck shop where we attempt to breed macquarie perch every year we've got that up and running now we've had a couple of working bees where we've got all the bits and pieces you need to breed fish up and running again it goes dormant over the winter time because there's no need for water circulation, that sort of stuff. We're now ready and we're actually actively seeking brood stock from the river to use in our breeding program. We actually, a few of us went angling under a special permit last night into the Yarra, um, Laughing Waters, if anyone knows the Yarra. Unfortunately, we didn't catch any brood stock. And that's oh. one of the things I want to talk about a bit later on. Okay. The Macquarie perch numbers in the Yarra have declined really badly over the last five years. Right. Do we do we have any ideas, any suspicions about what might be causing? I think that? it's a combination of a number of factors. One of them is over exploitation by anglers. There's a new generation of anglers out there, some overseas, some who don't care about regulation, so they catch and kill everything. Yeah, right. Um, Macquarie perch are quite slow growing, breed quite well, but they're very susceptible to angling. So it appears as if the numbers in popular areas for angling, there's quite clear evidence to suggest they've gone. Gee. So over exploitation by anglers. Wow. Do we know what a what a Macquarie perch? Do we know what they're like as a what what their reputation is as a table fish? The, I've never eaten one because all the I'm a conservationist in that sense and sure. don't want to. Yes. Um, I let all the fish, native fish I, I catch go. I thought you might say that. Yeah. Um, however, our early settlers and certainly people I've talked to have caught them in different areas where it's legal to catch them. Think they're really good to eat. Yeah. And that's part of the problem, unfortunately. There's also issues because they're rare. And I've talked to fishermen along the Yarra suggest they've caught a Macquarie perch and they think it's a carp or think it's something else. So they just catch it and kill it. Right. No matter the size. There's quite clear regulations. The regulations are about to change in Victoria where it used to be in the Yarra you could catch fish over 35 centimetres, which is a large fish, and take two of them home for your dinner. Yeah, okay. That's going to change in the next little while and that'll no longer be allowed. So they'll be effectively, a, you're allowed to fish for them still, but you're not allowed to kill any of the Macquarie perch in the Yarra River. So hopefully that'll alleviate some of the problems. Yep. And allow the stocks to come back. So who knows? Yeah. But okay. we're certainly having trouble. We set fike nets, and I'll talk about that in a minute. We're just about to start doing that in the Yarra to catch these brood stock. Right. And we're them around Pound Bend for probably the last 10 years under special permits from fisheries and from conservation and from Melbourne Water and all sorts of people. Yep. Um, in the last three years, we've caught three fish. Right. Before that, we'd set nets over a weekend at Pound Bend or other places up at Laughing Water where we were angling last night, and we catch dozens of fish. Yeah, okay. So the numbers have just declined dramatically. I think there's also issues in the Yarra with water quality issues. There was a a pollution event at Pound Bend, the park station there a couple of years ago, and there was some, 
think it was, don't quote me, it, was, it might have been a herbicide or something leaked into the river. Oh, yes. And that may have yes. made some effects on the fish. And that, that resulted in the deaths of a lot of eels and things, didn't I it? Th- I'm not exactly sure, but I know there's... I think the, I remember the, the one, yeah. The biggest issue we have with the yarra at the moment is its turbidity or its suspended solids and the amount of dirt in the water. I mean, people celebrate the yarra as being running upside down. We think that's a bit of a travesty. It actually it used to, before we developed the upper reaches of the Yarra and all the building that's gone on, it used to run clear for at least six months of the year. And yeah. clear, like a gin clear, like you'd see in an alpine trout stream. Mm-hmm. But since we've put dams in, allowed a lot of building development in the upper reach, a lot of roads, the amount of dirt going into the river has escalated enormously. And now I don't think there's a day that I've seen relatively recently where the rivers run clear right that's so it's sort of and these fish the macquarie perch are visual feeders so they actually see what they eat and if the water's dirty it constricts or restricts what they're able to eat absolutely i mean we know this sort of stuff from aquaculture research where they look at it and say well if you've got larval fish particularly in juveniles coming through the next generation if they can't see the little rotifers or the little you know brine swim whatever yeah exactly whatever they're munching on then what hope have they got oh that's that's quite yeah there's also issues with flow and hopefully it'll be resolved with it that about 80 percent of the flow in the air is taken out for melbourne drinking water yep and so if we could give a little bit of water back to the Yarra, that may help the health of the Yarra as well, flush out some of this dirty water, for want of better words, yeah. and allow some of these fish to survive really well. Yep, yep. And that's certainly what I hope. With the desal plant, we've got the ability to generate as much water as we want. Yes. Yep. It'd be nice. It's very expensive, unfortunately, but what's the yeah. price of an endangered fish? Mm, this, this if is we true. could actually supplement or the our Melbourne drinking water with the desal plant, Yep. Instead of taking so much out of the Yarra, then we could all have as much drinking water and water for our lives around Melbourne. Yep. And the Yarra could be healthier. So uh, that's what I'd like to see sometime. Absolutely. Instead of having 30% of the flow, maybe up to 50% of the flow, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that may help these fish as well. I but, think obviously this is a massive issue going forward because people have been talking about the fact we've got to shore up our water security because <laughs> water basically, when you think about it, of course, it underpins life as we know it. That's right. And if you don't have it, uh, you're in you're in strife. And as they're talking about with New South Wales at the moment and Queensland with this, this dreadful drought that's going on. Very interesting article just uh, while we're on it. Um, the Sunday Age today, there was a terrific article on uh, what we used to think was driving the climate in Australia with regards to drought was the El Nino mm-hmm. Southern Oscillation and they're talking about the El Nino on the one hand and La Nina on the other and all that sort of thing. Now they're talking about the Indian Ocean Dipole as being oh, right. one of the key drivers of the whole thing. They're talking at the moment with the drought being where it is, the, the dipole measurements are off the charts and they're thinking mm-hmm. that it might be the Indian Ocean. It's, they used to think it was slave to the El Nino Southern Oscillation. Now the climate scientists are turning around and saying, hang on, we might have it the, the wrong way wow. around. The Indian Ocean could be the culprit in all this sort of stuff wow. so it's pretty and, amazing but that's warming and cooling of the ocean correct right? yes yeah, so yep. it's sort of similar stuff it is it is similar yeah, yeah it's just on the other side of the, uh, yeah. on the other side of the land mass that might be the, the key driver oh. which is really it's interesting. interesting we're pretty saddened by all the fish deaths in new south mm. wales the, oh, yeah. the darling it appears that people are a bit greedy for water and taking more than their allocation and yeah that's led to no water in the river and everything dying basically yeah yep. it appears that and i don't know but from what I read, there appears to be one train of thought that there's greedy corporations who are taking far too much water, and that's meaning that all the 
people who live on the river have nothing. Yes. So yep. there's a few who are plundering the river, for want of better words. Yeah. That's why it appears from what I read, but then again, I don't know yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's hard to and it's left handle on. All the communities rely on the river. It's their lifeblood. That's right. That's and right. And having no water. The Aboriginal communities, that's their life. Yep. Yep. Without the river, there's nothing. Yep. And so all these communities, all the way up and down, yep, that's are it. running out of life, effectively. That. And it I've, is. That's, it's that's just right. really sad. It is. And I think, yeah, we've, we've got to do a lot more in the state of Victoria to try and, uh, you know, um, try and shore up our water security. Like you said, the Wonthaggy desal plant is one element to it. Now, how much it costs to build and how much it costs to run and all that, that's the, those are separate that's not issues. My issues. No, as well. that, that's... that's it. I mean, people know for a fact we need this damn thing because we know it's not a matter of if we're going to get another monstrous drought, it's just a question of when. And, hmm. um, you know, uh, supplement our water supply with things like um, you know rainwater harvesting and this sort of thing, or even re- treating sewage and using that. Absolutely, there's Recycling. no reason why we can't recycle water. That's right. Yep, yep. You got to got to put the That's effort. Unfortunately, in the people are a bit done. scared. But if it's treated well and treated to tertiary levels, yep, A grade water. And then you can sterilise the water. There's no problem with it at all. Correct. Remembering that every drop of water on this planet, in one way, shape, or form, can be considered recycled. Huh? I mean, if you you uh, you know you could go to a pristine mountain stream, fill up your canteen, and drink this nice fresh water. Well, what if a bird 100 metres upstream is crapped in it, and you've got cryptosporidium parasites crawling around in your guts it's, now you know either the water's safe to drink or it's not it's, it's really very straightforward hmm. stuff so yeah i think um you know uh, people have to abandon this ick factor and try and yeah. look at the science behind well, it singapore all. or different places they recycle most of their water mm. well the murray's full of recycled water all the the sewage plants effectively discharge a lot of their um, wastewater that's treated back into the murray yep so each town is it drinking recycled water yep. along the Murray? So absolutely, and uh, an interesting example: Israel, uh, the state of Israel, really interesting when we when you look at what they're doing mm. with their, um, you know, uh, desert aquaculture and things. Mm. They're, they're every every postage stamp of land, every single drop of water is is used multiple times mm. for various things. You know, mm. and I think uh, yeah, necessity being the mother of invention, that's that's the way we'll have to look going forward for sure. Yeah. We just need some foresight or some future side in some of our politicians will allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that and, doesn't and they don't seem to look past tomorrow. That's right. And and as a as a community we need to look at that and think, well what are we what are we putting these people in uh, in positions mm. for? Do we want them to, you know, concentrate more on winning the next election or do we look more long term and think, well this is the way we want to head. And mm. of course with all the protests going on at the moment it's a really uh, yeah pertinent time to be having some of these discussions, mm. I think, for sure. Anyway, mm. we might uh, quickly kick to a song just to break things up a bit. Um this is uh, Boom Crash Opera with Onion Skin. Garage. Getting political. Oh, political. Hey, keep it in, cut it out, kick it out. Oh, 
your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 03-9419-8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. While we're on the topic of donations, which uh, 3CR obviously needs to keep, uh, we need that to, some money coming in to just keep ourselves ticking over. It costs quite a bit every year to uh, to run a program, let alone an entire station. And a quick plug for uh, Grilled. Um, they've seen fit to chuck in, uh, tip in $100 for, um, for Out of the Blue. Uh, so they're at 230 Smith Street, Collingwood. Uh, make fantastic burgers for anyone who's interested in checking them out, but uh, yeah, very much appreciated from the crew at Grilled. Might go there after this. I'm, I'm, I'll be down there myself. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, not a bad Sounds idea at all. Right very Hopefully nice. they're open today. Oh, they certainly are, yes. I'll oh, be dropping excellent. down there to catch up with Nelson and the crew, and uh, yes, we will take it from there. So, Tim, mate, what else is happening yeah. in the world of native fish? As I was alluding to before, we breed macro perch every year. We're just setting up um, the hatchery. We've got all that done. Now we're chasing broodstock, so we're going to we need one more permit i should say from Dalwhip because we're dealing with endangered fish which i should get back this week or early next week and then we'll start fike netting for these macquarie perch nice and hopefully the first thing we need is a couple of males it gets a bit tricky the males tend to disappear probably not mm. so long from now and we'd like to have them in the hatchery in case we get fish that are ready to breed yes yep so having a couple of males ready to breed makes our breeding much easier. Yeah. So that we actually caught one last night, but it wasn't running ripe, so to speak, so we let it go. So we'll do some more angling and some more netting, and hopefully netting really soon. Absolutely. We're very happy if people want to come and have a look at what we do, come to the hatchery that's always available to go. And I'm actually going to the hatchery after this to feed the fish we have in the hatchery. Yep. Have lots of little Macquarie perch in a breeding trial. 
some big fish, some new fish. We got some spotted galaxids the other day to have in the hatchery, some other southern pygmy perch in the hatchery. So we're just trying to build up a collection so we can show people all our lovely native fish. Um, we're pretty we're getting closer to a new hatchery as well, and I think I might have talked about this last time. Latrobe Uni we're negotiating with at the moment to build a new purpose-built hatchery for us, a community hatchery where the community, Native Fish Australia and whoever else would like to join us to breed endangered native fish. Um, there's lots of opportunities in the future, hopefully, if this all comes off, which it's looking more and more likely the way I see it at the moment. Fantastic. Latrobe Uni is certainly Some interested. Good news. Um, we're also getting a bit of money together to put some fish tanks in the classrooms. There was some federal money around recently, environment grants to allow community groups and councils to do environmental things. Yep. We put in a couple of grants to put fish tanks in the classrooms with endangered fish, these little southern pygmy perch, and that's in the Menzies electorate and Jiger Jiger, I think, electorate. They've, they responded to our initial interest sort of forms and we've now applied officially for about twenty thousand dollars nice and hopefully that'll allow us to put these fish tanks in the schools allow the kids to learn about fish the aquatic environment endangered animals animal husbandry water quality great all sorts of things around the fish tank and then the plan at the end of it the fish will breed in these fish tanks given the right conditions which will hopefully enable enable the schools to to set up Yep. At the end of the year, next year, we hope to then release all the fish, the ones that are bred and the broodstock, into areas around Melbourne. Yes. Yep. And then at the same time as doing all this, we can then hopefully start new populations of these once widespread little southern pygmy perch around Melbourne. Yep. So that's sort of the whole ambition. And then hopefully start it again the next year with another group of kids, get some more broodstock fish which we've got a, uh, one of our members who breeds them and they're pretty easy to obtain, and then continue that going on and on and on to an infinitum. Hopefully get it bigger, get lots of schools with these fish tanks. Hopefully, yeah, and people can learn more about native fish. Great stuff. I think that's uh, very worth a very worthwhile um, a thing that you're pushing there because the thing I love about that is having fish tanks in schools and exposing secondary school students to it. Primary school as well, hopefully. Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, a lot of uh, students are pretty scared when it comes to the chemistry side of things mm. and all that, and, and water chemistry and what goes on in the aquatic environment is such a great line into mm. that and it hopefully sparks some interest and lets those pennies drop when we start talking about, you know, whether it be carbonate equilibria or ph and all that sort of stuff basic you know, stuff to oxygen. start with exactly basic yeah. not easy uh, that's what i always tell um, students the last thing i said is going to our next meeting is cup night oh, beautiful um we usually have a, an official meeting we're going to go to albert park lake have a barbecue for members and then try and do some fishing for the native fish in albert park lake there's big macquarie a big um golden perch yellow bellies estuary perch on surface lures or a fly few trout still there it should be a wonderful night Fantastic. if anyone's interested again you can find our details on our website facebook now um, we'd like people to join obviously because it makes it more officially also covered by our insurances when you come and do things Very with us important yep and having members also makes us gives us more of a voice in the community terrific Sounds very good. Excellent. Yeah. All right, Tim. Well, thanks again for coming into the studio, I've got mate. another list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've only gone through two of the eight that's, points. That's, that's all right, that's mate. That's normal. <laughs> that's exactly it. We'll, uh, we'll get you back on in uh, the near future. Not a problem at all. Wow, that's uh, very good radio, Tim. Thanks a million for oh, coming I love in, it. mate. I really enjoy talking. So, Terrific yeah. stuff. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally.